All right, we are back with a brand new episode of Real in the Field, and today we've got a new guest, Orange Police Officer Kyle Buckin. That's right, Kyle patrols the streets of Orange, more specifically, he's involved in the gang unit. Yeah, we go into his beginnings, how he got started in the academy, uh, we delve into a lot of his day-to-day as a police officer, and uh, just get to know what it's like to be a police officer in the city of Orange. So sit back, enjoy the episode, if you like what you hear, like and subscribe, and enjoy the show. In the field, we are here with the new guest, Kyle Buckin, Orange Police Officer. Uh, he uh, roams the streets of Orange and makes sure that you are safe. Uh, welcome to the show. Thanks, guys. Appreciate yeah, it. Thanks, uh, thanks for coming. So um, we're just going to get straight into it. So uh, obviously, you're a police officer with Orange PD, um, and what you know we want to know is like, how'd you get into it? How'd you become an officer? Yeah. So firstly, um, I. Anything that I say on here is not going to be, like, reflective of anything that Orange PD, like, they're, these are my opinions. If there's any opinions or anything like that, I just have to yeah. throw that yeah. out there just yeah. in case I say something stupid. This I is do. purely uh, <laughs> Kyle's Yeah, thoughts, just in case. Uh, purely, like, um, what, uh, you know, what he thinks does no, yeah. no uh, reflection on Orange PD. Yes, correct. Uh, why did I become an officer? Well, um, I started out being a uh, EMT. Um, I was an EMT for um, six years. Yeah. Um, I started out doing... Uh, Were you a paramedic? E- no, not a paramedic, okay. just, just EMT. Oh, okay. um, started out at the horse tracks, like Los Al horse track. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, I used to follow the hor- the riders in the ambulance on the yeah. on the track yeah. oh yeah like literally yeah. on the track yeah. On the track, yeah. Right. right and then if they get they you know they get bucked off <laughs> or whatever there. there and you see spine them and you get them all yeah. did you ever have to yeah 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 they're they're like it's um they're like children they're, they're so very small petite. Oh, they're real yeah they're very small <laughs> they're very very petite <laughs> yeah. like prince very petite man. yeah <laughs> so that's where i started and then um and then I got hired by a company called McCormick Ambulance. Oh, yeah. I know It's kind of like uh, CARE, like Orange County oh, CARE. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, or at least LA, it used though, to be. Right? Yeah, so it's yeah. all L.A. So I worked in Inglewood. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so I worked there for four years and did that. And um, at that time, let's see, that was like 2011 yeah. to uh, 2015 or 2016, something like that. And um, I was in Inglewood uh, pretty much the whole time. Yeah. And I mean, busy, busy station, yeah. lots of calls. Was it, it was it was all nine one one calls. Okay. So okay. we were um, basically like the north end of Inglewood, and then the unincorporated area of um, South Central. LA, oh, okay. LA County. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. So we ran calls with uh, the fire department. We had the McCormick had a contract with them. Yeah. And um, you know, I wanted I was one of those guys. The firemen are going to make fun of me. You know, you always all cops. What do cops and firemen all have in common? They all want to be firemen. <laughs> um, so uh, I did. I, th- I thought I, that I wanted to go down that track and. Yeah. Um, there's just nobody was hiring. Yeah. So I was, I was, I stayed in EMT for a long time. Yeah. Um, I think I was pretty good at, it. I don't know. You respond to, to like uh, car accidents or everything, like everything. gunshot wounds, yeah. car accidents, heart attack. Well, so we're EMT ended up. Mm-hmm. And then how do we go 
from that to where you're at now. Yeah, so then I was just going to tell you this the story that uh, – one of the stories that made me want to become a cop. So okay. we roll up, uh, same er- – same, almost the same exact area. Yeah. Um, we get called, dude shot his chick, and we're, like, with a shotgun, like shotgun GSW. So it's, like, 2 in the morning, 3 in the morning, whatever it was. We wake up, we go out there, because we work 24-hour shifts just oh, like right. the firemen, right? Yeah. So wake up, go out there, staging out. They they say, like, hey, you're clear, because uh, firemen, paramedics, EMT, they stage. Law enforcement goes in, they clear yeah. everything, yeah, make sure it's safe. Okay. Yeah. Right. And then it's like, all right, uh, first responder, medical can come in. Right? Yeah. So we're staging out. They say, hey, you're good to go. All right, we go in. Well, it wasn't clear. Oh, shit. <laughs> they, no they, they, the guy was hiding, supposedly, and me and my partner go down this alley, and uh, the engine goes one way. We go another way because the engine bigger, obviously, right? Yeah. And so we go another way, and I'm driving. My partner's sitting in the front seat, and some, like, big down, big old cholo dude yeah. is running with a sawed-off shotgun, like... 25 yards in front of us <laughs> this way so we're going we're going west and he's running north like right in front of us luckily i'm like i slam on the brakes i'm like oh shit i tell him part like oh yeah. shit get down and <laughs> yeah. luckily there's a deputy sheriff south south la deputy sheriff that started coming the other way yeah yeah you know we don't monitor their radio so we don't know what's going on yeah so luckily he was coming the other way Lights is, you know, lights were on and everything, yeah. and it caught his attention. He looked that way and nodded us. Yeah. And then cops are, you know, de- deputies started coming from everywhere, and we were, like, blocked in. They're like, get out of the way. Get out of the way. I'm like, dude, I got nowhere to go. And they're like, just go that way. So I step on the gas and I take off. And uh, so dude, was, that is intense. So okay, I was so, like. So that, so I was like, that I was inspired like, you. A little like, bit, yeah. That was one of the reasons. I was like, yeah. man, like. Their job is way cool. Like they get to yeah. do, like, they get <laughs> it's to like, way cooler yeah, than yeah. So I was like, man, I felt like such a, um, not like a little bitch, but just like, man, I felt helpless in well, that situation. You, uh, well, especially I, was, I like, would imagine like these guys came to your rescue. Yeah, like yeah. I could see that being like, uh, yeah, they're there. They protected me in this situation, yeah. Yeah. and that's like you know taking yeah. that away from that is yeah. probably yeah. So yeah. what was so that was like. Uh, experience number one what was like another one that kind of yeah and then just the, the experience with inglewood pd like a lot yeah. of those guys were solid dudes yeah. and i got along with a lot of them yeah. and um i actually grew up with like a lot of cops and my like my parents yeah friends were all el Monte pd guys yeah. and um they just always told me like don't be a cop don't be a cop you yeah know? and uh, <laughs> so i was like okay i'll be a fireman yeah. you know so um but when I well, what what did your but, family think when you finally like said, um, hey, I'm gonna, "This is what I think I'm going to do"? So, um, my my father in law was one of the people that was like, "Hey, man, you ever think about being a cop?" And I was like, "Dude, it's funny you say that." Yeah. Like I was working with him in construction and stuff and doing stuff with him on my off days, and he started talking to me like, "Hey, well, like, what do you what do you really want to do? Like, do you want to? You should try it out, you know." 
And coming, I, you guys never met him, but coming from him, like if he's like saying, "Hey, you should maybe do this, like look into it," yeah. then it's like, all right, maybe I really holds should. A lot of weight. Yeah, it holds yeah. weight. At yeah. least it did at that time for yeah. me. So then I was like, oh, I might. So then I, I went on a ride along with Inglewood PD. I went on a ride along in Almani, um, and I was just like, man, this is, yeah, I think this is what I want to do, and I and I liked it. It was fun. Yeah. Um, I like the camaraderie. So, you know, it's very similar. You're still out there, you know, helping people. Yeah. Um, you know, it, Inglewood isn't my community, but, or, you know, Almonte's yep. not my community, right, but right. Um, helping people in general. And um, I had dealt with a lot of, um, in the EMT stuff, like a lot of gangsters and people getting shot and stuff. Yeah. And I saw how, dude, it's terrible. It's yeah. a terrible thing, yeah. you know? And innocent bystanders getting shot a lot of the times. Yeah, um, that's uh, that's probably a yeah. part of it that not a lot of people like. You know, you think about gang violence, and you just think about gangs and you know mm -hmm. their you know cohorts or whatever and what they're doing. But there's a lot of innocence, innocent lives that kind of get caught up in that. Family yeah. members or you know friends or whatever that have to kind of deal mm -hmm. with the aftermath. Okay, yeah. so take us through like the academy mm -hmm. and. Like, so eventually you do the academy, and how do you end up with Orange PD where you're at now? Like, okay. what's, what's that journey? So that, I actually, um, I got hired with L.A. County uh, Sheriff's Department first. Okay. Um, so I went. jails? Yeah, so I went, so I got hired as a deputy. I went through the academy in L.A. Uh, it's called, uh, they have, now they have three different. Um, Was it the military style ones? Yes. Yeah. So it's. It's paramilitary or right. whatever it's called. Right? It's, yeah. it's called it's called a stress academy. So they're supposed to stress you out, yeah. um, yelling at you, calling you names, you know, all that old, stuff. A little old school, just to show you what what's in store. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was up. actually yeah. kind of it was cool because we uh, the, the so the whole process. So you you apply, you do a written test, you do um, uh, oral, you do background backgrounds. Did you have to do a polygraph? Do a polygraph. Yeah. Um, what else do you do? Um, psych. Yep. Um, you do all that stuff. Yeah. And then they they determine like, okay, we want to hire you. Yeah. Or not. Um, they hired me. They gave me a start date. I, I think it was like three weeks before the academy started or something like that. Three or three or four weeks. So um, I worked like another two or put in my two weeks. Worked two weeks and then it was done. Yeah. Um, and then you, you know, you go to the academy, you have to buy a lot of that stuff that yourself. Just, I don't like know. Like the gear? Yeah. You gotta really? buy, you gotta buy a lot of stuff yourself. Like a Kevlar vest? No, they give that to you. They give a lot of stuff to you. Yeah. But you also have to buy like a lot of stuff yourself, like Dude, uniforms and stuff like that. They say that. the same thing about the NFL. When a guy gets like released or he gets like let go from a team. Does he gotta have an invoice? <laughs> <laughs> But I saw a thing of, like, if you want your stuff in the off-season or you want, like, your pads, your helmet or whatever to, like, work out in or yeah. do stuff. We'll, we'll ask other guests about this. But, like, <laughs> but there, I saw a thing on TikTok and the guy was like, yeah, like, my wife tried all my gear on. She's like, oh, like, they gave this to you? And he's like, no, I had to, like, buy that. Yeah. <laughs> and he, he was, like, blown away. So, dude, yeah. you guys have to buy? Some things. Like, I bought a lot of my uniform. I think you buy all your uniforms. Yeah. yeah you buy all your uniforms. Well, minimum, wow. it's a tax write-off, right? Oh, you say, what, what is the <laughs> well, uniform, they, what they is the passed, uniform go So for? when I when I got hired, they passed that new law where you couldn't, um, well, 
It was like a f- couple years after I got hired, but you can't, you can't uh, claim like your uh, work stuff. You can't deduct your uniform. No. No, <laughs> oh like, man, people used to people used to here. deduct like people used to deduct um, like their their cleaners. Like they used to keep the receipts oh, for the cleaners. Yeah. They used to cle- keep yeah, that that's stuff. fair. Like look, yeah. hey, look, you gotta look sharp. There's yeah. like a, a rule that you gotta look. You know, well, a certain policy. Way. Yeah, yeah, yeah if it's, it's policy. Yeah. Listen, yeah. that's a write off. Yeah, yeah <laughs> if I'm yeah. not gonna have to do this. If I'm yeah. not forced to do that. Yeah. So, so you, you go straight up. to the jails, right? Yeah. So you go to the academy. You do the academy. It's six months long. Mine was in East LA. Um, so you're literally running through like hoods, you know, yeah. like neighborhood, like yeah. Hispanic, Hispanic neighborhoods, um, gang neighborhoods, not, you know, but, um, you, yeah. know, you run to do like East three, LA. four miles or whatever. Yeah. It is. Yeah. I think the longest one's like five or six, something like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, the, I think the standard for is a little soft. It wasn't, I wouldn't say it's that difficult. The academy is not that difficult Yeah. if you're uh, physically prepared. Um, okay. There's some people you're like, man, like this person's <laughs> really doing this right now. Um, there's obviously some people you'd look at and be like, man, I want that guy to show up. I'm not so sure about that. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, but you know, people pass, but there's, it is, there's an attrition rate. People quit yeah, yeah. for whatever reason. Well, I mean, um, I imagine like you, if people you're get fired have, too. if you're going to have a partner going out, you know, doing patrol with you, you want to have somebody who's in shape. If you got to chase someone down, you want to yeah. like rely on that person that they're going to be there with you, keeping mm-hmm. up with you. Yeah. Especially when you're new. Um, but yeah, they're, uh, you know, you have tests, so you have to pass every, there's a curriculum that post. So California. Yeah. Um, sets. Um, yeah. It's they govern all academies in California. Yeah. Um, so uh, they're post standards that you have to meet. If you don't pass a test, you have one more chance. If you don't pass it again, you you're done. Can you reapply, or is it so just you? Done? So they will recycle. Yeah. Um, certain um, uh, recruits. Yeah. That they feel like, are, you know, he's a good dude, or he's a good shit, or she's good like yeah. yeah we think she can make it or he can make it yeah, give him we're giving him another chance yeah. <clears throat> and um sometimes they will yeah. but if you're a bad attitude or you're <laughs> struggling physically yeah. they're gonna be like yeah no we don't want just you move to on. get out yeah. of here cut let's just cut our losses yeah, let's just cut our on. losses yeah. now yeah and so um yeah it is a stress academy so ours first very first day is called black monday they you have to park all the way up on this hill uh, ours, I don't, I don't know if, if they still do this or what, but we had to get in a bus like the Marine Corps, uh, the captain at the time yeah. or lieutenant, lieutenant at the time, um, was a big Marine Corps guy. He was, he was in the Marines. Yeah. And so he liked that, um, that whole, uh, thing. And it was, it was scary cause you're really? on a bus and the DIs are on the bus with you. Get on the bus, get on the <laughs> bus. What are you doing? You know, yelling at you and you're like, yeah. I don't know what I'm doing, dude. <laughs> like, so you, you show up and you got your big bag with like all the stuff that you're, that you have to have. They give you a big list of everything you're supposed to have every single day. What was that? You show up in a suit. Less? I don't know, like 40, 50 pounds. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe more. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. But it has your gun. Heavy. It has it has all your stuff in it, right? <laughs> and you're in a suit. You're in a full suit. Wait, a suit? Why a yeah. suit? You're, you ha- every day we showed up to like the academy. you're knotted up in a suit. Yes. Full suit. Every single day for s- six months, showed up in a full suit, jacket, white shirt, tie, slacks, dress shoes. 
Is that like a like just like a mind trick kind of thing, or what's no, the? No, it's like a, you should like I, I don't know what it's like a <laughs> yeah. attention to detail thing. Oh god, so it's okay. like oh you forgot yeah, your tie yeah. today. Yeah, push the floor. You know, <laughs> yeah. oh you forgot your shirt today. You know, people would forget stuff when we would show up straight to the um, East LA College to work out first yeah, thing yeah. in the morning. Yeah, so people would forget like their tie or their button up shirt or their jacket. And then be like, well, now you're, now you're screwed. Yeah. yeah. And so there was a lot of, that was, that's part of just like attention to detail. Right. This, yeah. The job is a lot about attention to detail and following instructions and yeah. all that stuff. So that's just pounded into your head. Yeah. So the first day we come down the bus and you got to go from the bus to the locker room and it is just lined with DIs the entire way. And every time you pass the drill instructor, you're supposed to say, sir or ma'am, buy or leave, sir or ma'am, right? So, like, sir, buy or leave, sir, every time you pass them. Yeah. Well, they're stacked up, like, every, <laughs> you know, 10 feet. So you're just like, sir, ma'am, buy or leave, sir, you know? It's like, and, and the, my the best one, I, I fortunately wasn't picked on because the guy that I was with was 6'6", six, six, oh, just shit. huge. <laughs> so it's like, oh, laser beam, we're going to screw with this guy, right? Yeah. So we passed a female deputy, and she was like, what are you doing, crazy? You don't see me? Well, because I'm a female? Like, yelling at him. <laughs> He's like, ma'am, no, ma'am. She's like, what are you supposed to say? He's like, uh, ma'am, I don't know, ma'am. And she's like, why don't you phone a friend? He's like, excuse me, ma'am. She's like, pick up the phone and call a friend. So he's like, uh. And so he's like this. And I'm standing behind him. And she goes, ring, 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 ring. And I'm like, just standing there, like, trying not to get smoked. And she's like, pick up the phone, idiot. I'm like, okay. Hello? <laughs> I was like, hello? <laughs> you know, and I'm seeing, like, other DIs, like, laughing and trying not to laugh, but, like, walk away. From the situation, just because we're getting absolutely oh. smoked, he's like, uh, "Recruit, uh, Bucking? What, what am I like? He doesn't know me, you know. Like, what am I supposed to say? I'm like, uh, man, by or leave, ma'am. He's like, man, by or leave, ma'am. She's like, get out of my face, you know. Oh my god. So that's the first day, and then it's just like that pretty much the whole time. Yeah, yeah. You just just stress you out. Yeah, it's just stress and you know, you don't have to be that like crazy smart. Like there you have to be able to read and like comprehend like a certain amount. Yeah. I'm not that smart. Like I got a th <laughs> I got a 3.0, like 3.2, 3.0 GPA yeah. my entire <laughs> high school career, okay? Like not terrible. Like yeah, I did my I did my stuff. Pretty good. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty good. But just like I'm not a brainiac. Yeah. Like I can I can follow direction, right? <laughs> And I got I got top ten in in the class. Oh damn! Really? Out of wow. eighty something, eighty seven. Nice. So it's not that difficult, you know. <laughs> all right. And like a lot of people didn't study at all. So yeah. It's like it's not. It's so it's like being diligent, like doing, like uh, paying attention to detail, like you're mm -hmm. saying, with yeah. all like making sure you're doing those things. Yeah. Because, learning codes. I mean, learning response. Yeah. Like learning those things and then being able to kind of like you know bring them up when they ask mm -hmm. you about them. Yeah. Like scenarios. Yeah. You go over scenarios. You yeah. do scenarios. Okay. So the academy like ends. Then you head to the jails. So yeah. Then go to the jail because i'm at, when you get hired with a sheriff's department you have to work in the jail so yeah. how many years did you do at the jail almost four 
four years. Almost, wow. yeah. What's mandatory, and then how long did you just stay? It all depends on what uh, station you want. So you have, like, a wish list. Yeah. Um, it's, like, three stations, at the, or at least when I was there, it was three stations. I think it's changed sometimes. Yeah. But, um, yeah, you put in your the stations that you wanted to go to. I wanted to go to Carson, and it just took a little bit. Yeah. And then also when you're in um, – so they do, like, uh, if you get an IA's, like, internal affairs investigation. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But at the time, um, you would get an IA, like, in, like if uh, an inmate complained about you or uh, oh, or um, if you used use of force or something like that. Right. That, Is that, that like, was, automatically trigger, like, a... Yeah, not, uh, not all uses of force, but if, like, they have injury... Yeah, or, something that know, has to something be reported. Something where they go to the hospital right, or something right, like that. Right, yeah. So it's got to get followed up with Yeah, that, that held me up once. So Yeah. Um, and then I just kind of saw the writing on the wall, and I was like, I got to get out of here. Yeah. Like, I, I don't, I don't want to be here. I, it, uh, it's a great department. I have nothing bad to say about it. There's a lot of great traditions there. Yeah. It was really cool. I'm a big history guy. I yeah. like that stuff. Yeah. Um, so... Walking the hallway, walking the hallways, and like um, they have a hallway at uh, Men's Central Jail. It's as big um, downtown. Yeah, the downtown one. Yeah, yeah. Twin, Towers Twin Towers is right. connected to it. Right. Twin Towers doesn't hold GP. GP is uh, general population. Yeah, right. Is all um, Men's Central Jail. Oh gosh. Gotcha. Uh, okay. Twin Towers is all uh, mental psych ward. So oh, Twin Towers yeah. is uh, I don't know if it's changed, but is the largest psych ward in like the united states like oh, the free really? world or something like that oh wow something crazy like there might be a bigger one like north korea or china or something yeah, yeah. but we don't know but that's right. it, it's <laughs> it's know. massive it's it's the largest uh supposedly I, you can fact check me i don't know yeah. but that's what i've been told is wow. it, it's huge it's seven floors and it's all um psychs yeah. Did you ever work in Twin Towers? Did you no. Work? So I worked IRC, inmate receiving. Right. Um, so all the intake stuff. So yeah. everybody coming off the street or coming. So if you're in prison and then you have to come back to fight a case, you will come back through IRC. Yeah. So you saw the, like the worst of the worst. You got it all. You yeah. You see everybody, everybody. Everybody. Every type of individual. Like when you have to get booked into jail. You go the, through IRC. Yeah. Okay. And so then, you're doing like fingerprinting, mm -hmm. pictures. Mm -hmm. Like you're doing all that stuff. Yeah, that okay. stuff. Yeah. Um, you. So there's booking front. There's classification. So you classify everybody, um, and then they go to medical. Medical is gnarly because it was just so backed up all the time. Yeah. They have to see a medical doctor. They have to see a psych. I mean, there'd be people laying on the floor. I mean, it was. Packed sometimes. Man. It's just packed and it's like musty and it smells. <laughs> yeah. It's gnarly. And then there's, um, we would have like a temporary holding area for, it was just, it, it was eye opening. It was great to learn. Um, it was great for me to talk to inmates. That, that's the thing that you need to learn the most, I think, when you're new into law enforcement is how to talk to guys. Yeah. Um, and you're legal, especially criminals. Yeah, yeah. And you're surrounded by criminals, so yeah. you might as well talk to them, get yeah. to learn things. So you get out of, uh, you get out of men's jail. You're, mm -hmm. you go to, do you go straight to Orange PD? Yeah. So I, I was about to go to Carson Station, mm -hmm. and um, I had made a decision like, you know what, I got to get out of LA, like, yeah. just 
too many horror stories of, you know, you do, you make one air. It's a job where your whole life is turned upside down and it could, it's, it's a second. Yeah. You don't have time. You have to react. You either, you could injure yourself, you get your partner injured and in over there, there's at least in my opinion and you know, those guys that are out there doing it, guys and girls that are out there doing it mm-hmm. at those stations. I have a lot of friends that are still doing it. And it's like the extra weight of knowing, like, if I screw up, this city council or this yeah. this county board members are not going to be on my side. Got, and got, I'm going to – I'm going to get – at least that's how I thought. Yeah. And I, I just – I was like, I could work somewhere else. I don't need to work – you don't need the added stress. Yeah. Well, you so want to feel and and like job. and and my biggest thing is my wife's very successful, and I would never want to do something to on you know I would never do something on purpose to yeah. to like maliciously right. Yeah. Yeah. But there's always that thing where it's like you screw up and you make the wrong decision, and all of a sudden like you're you know, in the media now, it's like, yeah. you're the bad guy. And, you know, you got people lining up out in front of your house and like doing yeah, all this crazy yeah. sh- stuff, doxing you. And, yeah. well, and there's a lot of stories like that. And I was like, I don't want to put my wife through that. And yeah. she, I don't want anybody to come after our stuff because, and yeah. because, sure. And her lose what, what she's worked for. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, let me ask you this, just a kind of related, like, in your opinion, are there bad cops? And if there are, like, what's the percentage of good to bad? Okay, so um, we're at full disclosure. We we're talking about this a little bit and uh, off before we started this. I actually hate this question. Yeah. Um, and nothing against you guys, like nothing. It, uh, I'm not calling you guys out. You don't ask this question really. You don't ask, are there bad firemen? Mm. Are there bad doctors? Are there bad? Like, think about how, how many people, how many professions you actually ask that about. Yeah. Are there right? bad teachers? I'm a teacher. I get that uh, yeah. question all the time. Yeah. Teachers do as well. Yeah. yeah. I get that question all the time. Teachers do teachers? as well. Are there yeah. bad teachers? Teachers are one of them that do. Yeah. Um, but when you say are there bad, co- like, what do you mean? Are there people who should not be in that profession that are in that profession? So... I think that there are people who short answer is yes. Like I, I think that there's people that should, should not be doing that job. Right. You can, to my standard, to my standard, you can ask me the same thing from the teaching standpoint. Are there teachers who should be teachers from my standard, from my standard. And I'd be, I'd be lying to you if I said like, no, every cop is fully capable of doing their job. I try like, especially Coming from a bigger department, they take a lot more people. Yeah. The standards are a lot looser, yeah. and it's it's just a fact. Yeah. The standard has been lowered for for a lot of people, and society in general. Society has done that in general for a lot of things, and it's in our profession. It's not safe, mm-hmm. and you can ask any police officer, deputy, sheriff whoever, 
whomever. I don't know, you're a teacher, yeah. whatever it is. You can ask anyone out, like, there's always going to be a few where you're like, man, there's always going to be those people where you're like, I want that girl or that girl, sure. that guy or that girl to show up. I'd rather have them. Yeah. And then once, you know, Deputy Doofy shows up, you're like, dude. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Well, you know, it the stress level goes up a little bit more. Yeah. Um, you know, and there's different reasons for that, right? People are better at different things. Yeah. Um, you know, like, dude, this is getting out of hand a little bit. Like this guy's getting a little combative or the, like I can tell this is going to go sideways right now and I got this dude with me. Like I need another person yeah, here. Yeah. Like I gotta ask for help. Something like it that just makes. I mean, look, and it just makes practical sense when you just talk yeah, about yeah. any profession. And I and I don't, and I I would say that's more like working the jails. Like yeah. there's people that get very very comfortable there. And I I was put in situations, not so much out on the street that that have been in orange, um, but uh, in the jails you're like I've been in situations where I'm like. Dude, I got this like six six dude like wanting to fight me right now. That's he's straight off the street and yeah. he's still high on meth or he just took a he had something keister and he just took a bump right now and like <laughs> he's on something and I got I got this dude that like should be retired, but he's working the line with me right now and like this chick that doesn't want to be here. Yeah. Like, uh. And I'm like, well, it's me and you, dude. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and there's no one else around. And yeah. he's, like, squared up on me. And yeah. I'm like, well, I got to take this dude down. Like, he's got the reach on me. <laughs> you know? So, it, and that's what I ended up doing. And, um, yeah. you know, you just learn through yeah. those types of situations. So, the point is, is, like, yes, like, do I uh, – like I said, not not in orange, but in other in other situations, there's been like times where I'm like, dude, yeah. like I can't believe that this person still shows up. Yeah, you know? and I mean, so how do you how do you remedy that? I mean, you got you know training. I'm sure that you guys do continuous training and always like trying to keep yourselves ahead of you know ahead of the people that you're dealing with. How important is training? And, you know, if those other officers, some of the ones that maybe are, you know, kind of faltering a little bit, like yeah. if they got more training, would that, you know, I mean, it's an easy question to answer. Would it be beneficial to them? But yeah. how important is that? How important is continuous training? Yeah, so continue, like we do, uh, we have to qualify like every quarter, right? So you have to qualify with your your firearm. Um, we are constantly doing training stuff. Yeah. Um in my opinion, um, I think there's too much focused on like PC stuff, yeah. like how to how to deal with a mentally ill person and how to deal when you're uh, with someone of sexual abuse, like how to talk to them, things yeah. to say. It's like, dude, we all know how to talk to these people. Yeah, you know, like those aren't the things that we need training on. Yeah. yeah. Like we need like hands on training, practical. like practical yeah. stuff. Yeah. We need to situational stuff. Situational yeah. stuff. That's yeah. what that's what I think. But these are things that are passed down from post yeah. that your our department has to do yeah. to be in compliance. compliance. Yeah. And yeah. it's it's not like a department issue. You know, I'm sure there's a lot of things that our department wants to do. 
but they have to do these other things. Yeah. So it's just, um, well, who, who's that? And I'm not, and I'm, I'm very, very low on the totem pole, right? Well, who, who's, like, that, who's that so. head shot caller to where it comes down the line and then eventually it does get to someone like yeah. you? Like, who's the person that makes that decision? Well, all, I mean, the chief is the guy at the top, right? Chief. Right, chief but, it, but is chief taking orders from somebody else? So like here... Pulling the strings. Yeah. So like every, yeah. every, every, um, every police department that has a chief of police, um, his boss or her boss is the city council. Mm-hmm. That's who they have to, okay. that's who they report answer to. Report to. Answer yeah. to. That's why during all the COVID stuff, during all the BLM stuff, you don't hear chiefs talking a lot Yeah, because city council can remove them at any point in time Yeah, if they wanted to. Deputy sheriffs are appointed they're, ele- they're are elected. Voted. Yeah, they're, they're elected. elected. Yeah, they're elected officials, so they can say whatever they want. Yeah, they can do whatever. Like that's why Villanueva, yeah. um, LA County. Yeah, that's why he was able to do a lot of stuff in LA. Yeah, because he he was a elected. I mean, they're kind of like politicians. Yeah, elected, they but can, elected they to can, do a job. Well, you yeah. have that. However you have you that liberty it. to do what the people or what your uh, what you know people are supporting you want you to do. Mm-hmm. And if there's a lot yeah. of if you're just going by politics and going to save your job, you're going to do whatever the city council is going. Yeah, to. Yeah, like Villanueva, he went he went to Santa Monica. I think it was Santa Monica or Venice or one of those cities. Yeah, and there was huge homeless encampments right all along the thing. Yeah, and he said, "Hey, LAP." Chief doesn't want to do anything about it. I'll send my deputies down there. We'll yeah. take care of it. Yeah. We'll handle all this. <laughs> and he went down there and they started clearing all that stuff out. Yeah. Because the chief of LAPD would have been fired. Yeah. He would have been removed from his would position. Have said, hey, that's not our that's, that's not our what, political that's, stance right now. Yeah. You're going against what we want. Yeah. And uh Yeah. So Deputy sheriffs have more leeway on that on stuff like that, but that's like that's way above my pay. I don't know much about like the ins and outs of that stuff, and like I know I I know what I think needs to be more um, done, like as in training wise. Like I used to I used to go jujitsu with you, yeah, right. Um, But again, that was something that I paid for myself because I felt that it was important to do. Yeah, Um, I have a standard. You know, I want to keep myself safe, but yeah. I also have a standard of of um, like professionalism of my partners relying on me. That's my worst fear, right? I get I get messed up or I get hurt, I get shot, what, whatever the case is, right? Mm-hmm. And it's my and it's my fault. At least it, you know it sucks. I don't want that to happen, but, it's but at least it's my own doing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. If I do something and one of my partners is hurt, injured, killed, like that would be way harder for me to live with. Yeah. Because that was my like my own lack of your shortcomings. Yeah, my shortcomings, yeah. like whatever that whatever instance it was, yeah, right? Yeah. And that's something that's my worst fear. Yeah. So that's so your motivating factor. That's my like motivating factor. That. And Keep, that's, that's good. and I the, my even even being knowledgeable with the things that I need to do at work. Like that's just my driving thing is I want my partners to be able to rely on me to know that I can do the job. And you're hoping they're doing and the same I'm thing. I'm hoping you. that they're doing the yeah. same thing. And yeah. for the most part, they are. Yeah. Like yeah. you know, ninety nine percent. So you ask like, 
are there bad, like, what's the percentage of bad cops? I couldn't put a percentage on it. Um, uh, like, not prepared? I, I don't I don't know. There's not a lot. Yeah. There's really, yeah, really good. not that's a lot. I think, I think there's, there's way, way, way more police officers that are prepared, are knowledgeable, are... At least in California, yeah. you see some of these things on on YouTube and stuff <laughs> of these guys in Arkansas or, or <laughs> yeah. Alabama, and they're like getting way out. They're you know they they're they fall for out, the bait. The, they yeah. fall, and they and the thing is, is they make us all look bad. And it's like, dude, I, that's the big thing. Yeah. You know, that's the big Minnesota, yeah. Derek Chauvin or whatever. You know. Yeah. Um, Chauvin, 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 yeah, Chauvin. Yeah. like this, that, like, dude, you just, you can't, the, the Memphis stuff that just happened, yeah. like, that makes all of us look bad, and that is a very, very, very small percentage, yeah. if you look at everyone, or law enforcement as a whole, across mm-hmm. the country, and I'm speaking for all of law enforcement, I'm not, obviously, not all law enforcement, but yeah. I know from the guys that I've talked to, yeah. girls that I've talked to, when they see Dudes doing bad things or people doing bad things on duty, um, you know, abusing their powers and stuff like that. I hate that more than anything. Like, that pisses me off because it's like, yeah, okay, so you get in trouble. You got to do whatever you got to do. But that last, that long-lasting effect Effect, on all the rest of us is terrible. It's the same thing as a teacher when you get to teachers who do stuff and you're like, yeah. Never in a million years would I like do anything yeah. like that. And then yeah. there's these te- or a coach does something. You're like, dude, yeah. Like that yeah. that has never crossed my mind. I would never do anything like that. Like, right. But that's also right. like it's very hard to to hire right now in law enforcement. Is you know like the people that are wanting these jobs. Like it, <clears throat> it's a tough. It's a tough to hire. Um, quality. Quality. Yeah, quality, but. It's tough to know how someone's actually going to be yeah. once mm-hmm. they're out there and they're yeah. doing things, right? Yeah. That's why the training in, uh, you know, everybody goes through FTO, field training officer um, portion. Yeah. Ours is like four months. Uh, yeah. Some places is six months. That's why that's so huge. And, like, pe- you know, your people get fired all the time. Like, a lot of guys don't make it yeah. out of – Field tra- like you go through the whole academy, yeah. you go out to the street, you go through FTO, yeah. and then you get fired. Like it sucks. Yeah. And you kind of feel bad. Like I have a heart. I feel bad for those people. Yeah. You know, it's like they thought they were going to have this career. They thought they were going to, and then it's like, dude, you're just not cutting it's it. Not cut and, but out, the yeah. thing is, yeah. is like, do you want that person with you? Do you want that person showing up? It's like, no. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and it's, just, it, it's not for everyone. And yeah. it's like, this is just one of those jobs where it's like it's not for everyone. Yeah. And yeah. if you can't do the job, then you can't. You, I'm sorry, you can't do it. You know, like <laughs> it's it, just yeah. Up, and and that, I'm not saying like I'm better than them because I can do the job and they can't. They're probably a lot set. better just, at a lot yeah. of other things than than I am. Yeah. I'm not great at computers. Like I know nothing about <laughs> just that statement alone, right? I'm not good at computers, right? Like it doesn't. I I'm just I'm not technologically savvy, right? Yeah. Like all this stuff. Like I would never be able to figure it out. Yeah. So like that's that's where my you know and my partners have to help me out with that stuff because yeah. <laughs> a lot of our stuff's computer based now. So 
good. All right. Well, on that computer-based topic, we're going to take a break. That's yeah. when we uh, cut to commercial here. Yeah. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, we'll uh, hear a spot from one of our sponsors, and we'll be back right after this. This episode is brought to you by Cigar Spots of Orange. Cigar Spots is located in the Circle of Orange. They have all the top brands of cigars and accessories, including my favorite, the Tatuaje Black Label. What yep. are you going with? That's a good cigar. I'm going with the Padron 1964. That's a hard cigar to come by. If all you cigar lovers know how hard it is to get that cigar. Uh, but they also do home delivery. You can actually place the order online and have it delivered to your home if you live within the Orange County area. Or you can go and pick it up in store. You can order online, uh, go to the store and pick it up. I did that recently when we were going out to dinner, needed to get a cigar on the way out, picked it up in store, and uh, I was off. When you were online, did you enter a promo code by chance? Oh, yeah. Put in that promo code, Tony Joe, got myself 20% off there. So visit cigarspots.com, and like Joe said, enter that promo code, Tony Joe, to get yourself that 20% discount. All right, we are back, uh, back with Kyle, the police officer from Orange PD. Um, all right, so we got, we want to get into, uh, I mean, might be a little bit of a controversial topic here, but, uh, you know, just a couple years ago, the big defund the police movement mm -hmm. uh, was, uh, it came on, came on pretty strong, like really hard for, uh, was it 2020, somewhere around yeah. there? A lot of people... Kind of just piggybacked on that. I mean, I feel like it was like a big slogan that everybody just kind of like, you know, whoever defunds the police, like a publicist was, like did a great job of just kind of spreading that around. But uh, how, you know, how did it affect the police force? Like um, at that time, were you in Orange PD at that time? Yeah. So how did that, how did that play out? Like what was like the kind of like the temperature? What was like the feeling when, you know, that stuff was going around? How has it changed law enforcement, I think? You talk to the older guys, it was the same kind of deal with, like, the Rodney King riots. Yeah. Um, talk to them, and it's like there's ups and downs, right, in society supporting you, being against you. Yeah. You know, 9-11 happened, and everybody loves police officers, yeah. loves firefighters, yeah. right? Yeah. We'll do anything for sure. you. Yeah. You know, you got people coffee, in the entire line, to entire you. lunch line that want to buy you lunch, yeah, yeah. which we don't need, but I'm just saying, like, I'm just using that example. Right, right. Um, so it, there, there's ebbs and flows. Will we ever come out of this? I don't know. It's too, I, you know, I'm a young officer. I don't know everything, but, you know, for as far as this city goes, this city, I we never we never really felt it yeah. for the most part. There people would roll down their window and like say thank you, appreciate it. Yeah. Like this city loves the police for the most part. Yeah. Like ninety percent. Yeah. Know? I'm just throwing out a random high percentage. Yeah. But majority of this community loves Orange PD, supports us, supports the fire department. Like this city really does support yeah. first responders in general and uh like we appreciate that a lot because i know from a lot of my friends that still work in la it is not like that over there it's not the temperature and right we right. do we still run in you know people pass through there's a lot of freeways that run through the city so yeah. <clears throat> you know you do run into people chapman U is in our city yeah so you know you get a lot of um younger um 
kids that feel kids that feel they're very <laughs> educated and know a lot of stuff. Yeah. And it's like, hey, have you graduated from high school yet or college yet? No. How, how many classes have you taken on this? You know, yeah. uh, what's your life experience on this? Because yeah. I can tell you mine. You know, yeah. you should listen to me. You shouldn't act like this. Yeah. Like you will get arrested for doing X, Y, and Z. Like I'm yeah. just letting you know. <laughs> you know, so um, I, I would. In this city, we didn't feel it as as much. We did have the uh, the protests or like the whatever yeah. it yeah. was. I remember that in the circle. Yeah. I was there for that. I was up on one of the rooftops, like doing OBS up there with yeah. uh, one of my partners. That was kind of crazy, you know, people like screaming, yelling. Once they saw that we were up there, like telling us to jump and kill ourselves and yeah. uh, just saying like saying some pretty crazy stuff. There's a dude there. I'll always remember this. There's a dude there um, riding a skateboard with his son. His son couldn't have been any older than 12 years old, like 12 at the max. Yeah. Right. Had to have been like anywhere from eight to 12. And he's yelling at us, flipping us off. F you, kill yourself. Let's see if pigs can fly, jump off that thing. Like, all this stuff, right? And his son is right next to him, yeah. flipping us off, yelling at us. Um, that was, that was like, I was like, whoa. Like, yeah. that's, yeah. that's pretty, um, that's pretty crazy yeah. to, to be yeah. indoctrinating, indoctrinating that your kid at that age. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of, a lot of hate out there. Um, people were, I mean, they were saying a lot of crazy stuff. Yeah. And it's just like, for people asking for so much peace, mm-hmm. man, they really didn't go about it in a peaceful <laughs> way. Yeah. And um, I don't know. I just, I don't respect that sort of mentality at all. Yeah. Yeah, obviously, this is America. You can protest whatever you want. Yeah. You can go, you know, that's what, that's what we do. Yeah. I don't have anything wrong with protesting. Uh, I don't have any problem with people expressing their rights, doing what is legal, all that stuff. But when you start doing stuff that just is not like that, none of that stuff's going to help anything, you know? No, it's pretty vile stuff when you're doing, you know, calling for people's death and telling them to jump off a roof. Yeah, yeah, like that's. It's just uncalled for. I would never ask of them to do that. Like, I I don't want any of those people to kill themselves or die or, you know. Like, I don't know anything about them. They don't know anything about me. Yeah. I'm a pretty normal person, you know. And that's the thing that kind of gets me is you know someone that's in your family that's in law enforcement. I have someone in my family that's law enforcement. And, like, they're just regular people. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and and that's what I feel like gets lost yeah. where people yeah. just think oh like these people they're they're bad and they're out to like well they're not dude they're just regular people uh, you know too like the point that we were talking about earlier about you know how things just get grafted onto everybody those cases that were talked about earlier just get grafted onto all police police officers and so now you have this kind of movement movement of um, you know people want to see harm to police officers or want to see uh, like what we talked about being defunded, I think it's just uh, it's it, it's something that kind of catches on, and then people just you know just kind of gravitate towards it for whatever reason. But it's not a beneficial thing. I mean, if you look kind of statistically about what defunding police and what it does to certain areas, 
I mean, it does the complete opposite of what, you know, the intended purpose yeah, is. It does yeah. it. It, our defunding is the exact opposite of what you would want. It's just, it, it <laughs> like, I, I don't know. Like, taking away money, you think that's going to make a better? Well, <laughs> like, yeah, we already have issues with training and getting the right equipment and getting the right type of yeah. people. You think uh, taking away money to, um, to man a, f- uh, a force to to protect your city mm-hmm. what like if if you don't want to pay those people properly or you don't what kind of people do you think are going to apply for that job yeah what kind of people do you think you're going to get you you think it's it's bad now like it's like defunding you were talking about training and all that yeah. stuff earlier like our our department does like a fairly good job of, of training us like we go we do like every year we do like hand-to-hand stuff that we train with um we do shooting uh we do rifle you have to do rifle training every two like every it's like every six months so like if you have a rifle you have to qualify and do it like the training with the rifle yeah so like there's a lot of stuff that they do do right yeah. but there's still like there's still a lot of other things that we could do to make it better to help people like to help officers and like yeah i just it's it's my belief that there's more that we should be doing that so we could do things better because yeah i think in in a lot of these videos that i watch and stuff on youtube and all you know the news and stuff yeah i think a lot of this stuff can be avoided you know, deadly force or force that ends up looking bad because it's all perspective, right? Yeah, sure. If yeah. you don't know what you're watching, well, you don't lead, know what you're looking at. The lead up to the moment you're the watching. Lead up, the, the lead up yeah, to, yeah. right? All that stuff. Like, it's all perspective and it it's really the optics of things and, yeah. like, we would be in a lot better position if people were confident in grabbing people holding on to them, taking them down, yeah. you know, yeah. confident in themselves. Right. Because once you're not, then that leads to other things. Yeah. And yeah. we've seen those things, you know, and it's just, it's that LA County deputy, that female, that the, some homeless dude, she was like trying to kick him out. And he's like being verbally, um, I'm summarizing the entire thing, but long story short, she like pushes him and she's like, don't push me. She draws her weapon immediately. Yeah. Right. And it's like that kind of confrontation. Like you got to close the gap, take him down. Yeah. Hopefully your units are close, you know, call for extra units. Right. Defunding the police in that situation. You got units way far away. (laughs) You're way more likely to get more people killed because people are going to get scared. Yeah. Right. So, so this chick, she ends up drawing her weapon, the guy keeps going, and she freaking shoots him twice, yeah. and he has no weapon in his hand, yeah. nothing. Yeah. Now, I don't, I don't know what her mindset was. I don't know, you know, a lot of things. Yeah. I don't know if she had previous things with this guy. I don't know, right? I'm just seeing the video that, yeah. you know, they put out, the department put out, yeah. okay? And so I'm just watching it, and I'm like, man. <laughs> that is bad. Like yeah. that's terrible. Yeah. You know. I mean, and that's. Uh, I mean, is that a result of you know taking away funds from a city to have like you were talking about, like having other op- officers nearby? If you're cutting funding to 
uh, the police force, you have to cut hours, you have to, because it's not just like cutting money and then you're not going to get like weapons or you're not going to get new uniforms. Like you're cutting hours, you're cutting man hours mm -hmm. and the amount of police officers that are going to be But out I think that's patrolling. what people think when people are like, oh yeah, let's defund them. Let's take away their... Yeah. Let's take away their nightsticks. And let's yeah. take away that. But well, I think that's what, like, that's what the people, people think. Who, I mean, who, think, talking who, about who think a, that, that's what they think they're taking away. I mean, yeah. it's a, like, yeah. the money that's going to policing is payroll, is overtime, is, mm -hmm. uh, I don't know, maybe even pensions. Like, if you're going to, like, if you have a budget to bring on new uh, recruits, you have to kind of earmark some, like, pension for them, things like well, that. And it's, and it's taken away from, so if we're going to take a cut... All those people, all the records clerks, all the dispatchers, yeah, yeah. all all of those people are going to take a cut too. Yeah, They're, those people aren't going to keep their jobs. All these city workers aren't going to keep their jobs. Like, they're you defund the police, you defund a lot of other things. Yeah, right. And that goes, so towards, there's, that goes towards response. Time. There's a that lot of people that you don't see behind. Yeah, behind the door, you know, behind yeah. the scenes. Well, even that scenario, if you have, you know, an officer that's there by herself, just taking on, uh, going to a call by herself, and maybe that's a result of, you know, defunding the police department, so you don't have now uh, people going out or officers going out in tandem. Maybe now you have to kind of spread them out a little bit because you're a little short-staffed, so you, you know, this police officer is going out on her own. Mm -hmm. That could be kind of a direct result of defunding. Now you got someone dead because of an officer that, whatever the reason is, they're either um, you know scared for their life because they're by themselves doing that. Now, if you have another officer, let's say you're there, you know what I mean? How's that? How's that scenario change? You have that same exact uh, transient coming at mm -hmm. you know you guys. Like, how does that situation change for you? Oh, you got to. In my opinion, you got to close the gap. You got to control like. First off, like verbal, um, verbal like de-escalation, right? They always talk about de-escalation, yeah, yeah. but like de-escalating doesn't always mean like, "Hey, sir, calm down," or "Hey, ma'am, calm down." Like that doesn't work yeah. a lot of the time. Majority <laughs> of the time, well, that shit doesn't when work. When someone's fired up, that's yeah, not gonna like, like you about. have to be assertive. Yeah, sit down. Yeah, like you know, that's how people respond. Like. Oh man, like maybe I screwed up yeah. here. Like Dude, we yeah. like you like you have to be in control. Yeah. And like yeah. your appearance, they teach you in this academy, your appearance, how you dress, how you look, what how you're coming off just by when I look at you. Yeah. Is the first thing. Yeah. Right? You get a that's read huge off and that's of one that. of the first things that I learned in the jail. Yeah. You have to have luckily I'm a bigger dude. So I have that going for yeah, me. That, yeah, built right? in, yeah. Yeah, so, but, like, you have to be assertive. I think in context, and, you know, put somebody in your shoes. Yeah. You know, put somebody in your shoes and live the day-to-day -day of what you deal with mm -hmm. uh, and, figure, and and put them in that situation and see if they would kind of have that same Yeah, and, you know, situation. I think we're, we're scrutinized, uh, you know, just way, way, way more. And, um, you know, going back to, like, your, the defund, the riots or yeah. protest things that mm -hmm. we were at and people were telling us to kill ourselves, yeah. calling us Nazis and just yeah. white supremacists and all that stuff. <laughs> yeah. and it's like we're just supposed to take all that, right? Yeah. We're supposed to run down our back and we're supposed to take it. Part of the, that's part of the reason why they do this stress academy stuff. For you should be yelled, You should be yeah. able to be yelled at, made fun of, totally embarrassed, right? And you're just supposed to take it.
and sit there. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. And you're supposed to keep it cool. But there's got to be a little bit that gets in there. Well, dude, we're, sure. like we I said, we're that. human. Like, you don't know what that person's dealing with at home. You don't know what that person dealt with just two minutes ago. Yeah. You yeah. know? That the same officer that is dealing with some dude that just beat the shit out of his wife or wife beat the shit out of some his or her husband, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Right. And they're coming at you and they're coming out with you with all their problems, right? And you're like, dude, I just got yelled at at my wife for like forty five minutes, you know? Yeah. And she was telling you know, some of these guys are in relationships and it's like not me personally, but like some of these other guys they're you know, in some, you know, people just don't work out yeah. and they're going through divorces or whatever. And some, you know, I'm just using an example, but you know, some dude's wife just said, you know, you're never going to see your kids again. Yeah. And then you show up to a call and this chick's telling this dude, you're never going to fucking see your kids again. And he's like, well, shit. It's correlation. <laughs> really? Yeah. That's what yeah. you want to say to him? Yeah. You know what? You get, all, you know, yeah. so it's like cops are humans. They're going to make, they, you make mistakes. We yeah. all make mistakes. None of us are perfect, no matter what. Yeah. And like that, that like you, you just do. And now it's captured on video. So it's like, yeah. you just yeah. have to, when you do make a mistake, you own up to it. Yeah. You say, you know, yeah, screwed up. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of that is like perspective, like what we're talking about, people, like how they view these situations. They've never been put in those situations before. Uh, I think one of the realizations what I had when in seeing like a police officer's day to day was actually going on a ride along. Uh, my brother-in-law, like I mentioned before, is uh, 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 works for Riverside PD. And I went on a ride along with them and I saw just that one experience, that one day that I did it. The kind of stressors, you know, I mean, mind you, this guy's been in for, you know, he's worked for Riverside PD for a number of years. He's been like tested. He's gone through it. And he's like, uh, like, I don't know if you would say jaded, but he's been kind of like he's got a callus to these things. Mm -hmm. For me going into that, seeing that stressor and seeing just like the peak of your stressor in that in one situation, it was a lot. It was a lot for just someone who hasn't been through those things like you guys have been through. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it was beneficial to me to see like that perspective, um, something that I've never even thought about until I've actually like went in there and saw his day to day. So, I mean, do you think that's like beneficial for everybody to do um, a, a ride along? Absolutely. Yeah. We have, um, we actually have a citizens Academy um, where it's, I, I don't know how many weeks long it is, but they, I think it's like once a week for a few hours a night or something like that. Yeah. And you should, you have to be, you have to live in the city, I think. And, uh, you know, you get, um, like the gang unit comes in, tells you about gangs and then like the SWAT does a thing for them, like, a Tells you what the SWAT team does. Yeah. Detectives come in, tell you what detectives do. You know, you kind of get like a full um, aware. It's not really a, an academy. It's just like yeah. a learning about your police department, what we do, yeah. how we do it, why we do certain things, um, stuff like that. Um, it's a little bit more hands-on. Um, 
a little bit more eye-opening. Um, so I, I think it's great. And then you do a ride-along, too. Yeah. And um, I was in there last week doing our uh, giving our gang a um, uh, little rundown to them. Yeah. Um, PowerPoint thing. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, a lot of, they're, they're super, in, a lot of those people are super interested and they want to know everything and yeah. it's cool. And, uh, they were giving, um, like a summary of their ride alongs, you know, and people were like, man, I didn't realize they did this and I didn't realize yeah. they did this. And, yeah. um, it's just, it's good to see how we actually do stuff and then see it be done, see things be done and then have, an instant like, hey, why'd you do it that way? Yeah. And then you have an officer, you're sitting in the front seat of a cop car, and you're like, oh, that makes more sense why they like that, you yeah. know? Yeah. It's like, hey, why are you so quick to, like, jam that dude, like, grab him and put his hands behind his back? It's like, well, um, you know, yesterday I actually, um, you know, had a similar stop, and a guy had a gun in his waistband. Yeah. So, uh, and I wasn't so uh, forceful and quick to search him and the guy was standing there talking to me for 20 minutes with a gun in his waistband so now i'm a little bit more you know and that's all stuff that teach you in the academy but as you're out there as you're doing things by yourself you get a little bit more lax you know yeah and so goes on like these things yeah you just kind of like get more relaxed yeah so like certain things like oh man i'm never gonna do that again (laughs) like oh shoot (laughs) i I learned a lot of ride along that i went on it was uh it was really cool. It was. It's. I, dude. Everyone should do it. Yeah, I think. I think you learned brother. a lot. Yeah, I'm with my brother, and it was like, dude. Certain calls, and like there was a theft thing, and then there was a domestic abuse thing, and then there was like, dude. And you just hit this wide range of stuff, and it's like, wow, this is. Yeah. Like, That's one night of yeah. doing it, right? You know, the the ones oh, that we went dude, on. It was like two hours. It I was mean, even a, a full thing. I've talked to my brother-in-law about this since that. And, you know, it's been years since that's happened. So I'm sure, you know, a lot has happened in between that time. But when I first kind of talked to him about it after we did it, it had, it, it was like so far out of his mind. I mean, he couldn't remember exactly. I mean, that is like imprinted in my mind. I'll forever remember the faces and all the people that were involved in all those different calls that we went to. Mm-hmm. But for him... This was just a regular Friday night or Saturday night. I'll put it this way. I I get some I get a subpoenaed for court. Yeah. And there's a name on there and there's a, a like a charge. I'm like, I don't know who this guy is. <laughs> yeah. Like, what am I going to court for for yeah. this? And I gotta like once I read the report and I'm like, oh kind of conjure up some memory. That guy yeah, or right. that time. But you, you know, know, to talk like to just speak on that like kind of exp- your experience and what mm-hmm. other people just don't know about your experience mm-hmm. and police officers experience as a whole there is so much that you guys go through on a day-to-day basis so much that you put up with so much that you've grown a callous to oh, because yeah. like we said many times in this podcast which is you guys are dealing with the evil of society you're mm-hmm. not dealing with the what like the best that society has to offer you're dealing with the worst and so every day that you go out there, you're dealing with some new kind of experience like that. Or dealing with a problem that no one else wants to deal with. Dealing with that problem, you know. You Which guys is the majority of the time. Yeah. And so I think, uh, <laughs> and, you know, for me, seeing that, and I've always had a respect for police officers, uh, but seeing that firsthand experience on that ride-along was pretty eye-opening. I think that'd be something that a lot of people would benefit from to see, I think just it's to huge. have some perspective, to see what you guys yeah. go through on a day Yeah, I think it would be huge and... There's actually uh, 
just perspective wise, there's a guy, um, he was like a big social justice leader guy and he yeah. was against cops and all this stuff. And yeah. I think it was Phoenix PD invited him out to do like a training with them. Really? And they gave him like a fake gun and a taser yeah. and they put him through a bunch of scenarios <laughs> and he like shot the, everybody, like <laughs> shot unarmed guys, shot all these dudes. And they were like, Hey bro, like, why'd you shoot that guy? And he was like, he came at me and they're like, He's unarmed. <laughs> he got out of his car and he was going to ask you a question. He came at me aggressively. They're like, how? Because he had a, a red suit on? Like, oh, you know, man. so it's, that's, uh, it's that's good to, good, like, yeah. Yeah, I think I think if people, like, actually thought about it that way, I think they'd yeah. be, um, and I think most people do. I think it's just yeah. this, like, loud minority of people yeah. that are yeah no you're um, right it is i think uh, for the most part people understand how just how difficult this job is and you know just how much that police officers do for whatever city that they're in it's just yeah. that that loud part that you're talking about yeah. and you know if they got some perspective that would be the group to put on a ride along yeah. to show them just like just, yeah. you know, what this job it's just, is about I, I i get what you're saying but like those <laughs> like they are so fixed on yeah. one way, like poli- yeah. politics has become so much of a religion. It's like you, you just—it's—it's it's such an yeah. I- ideology. You're now with us or against us. That's kind yeah. of yeah, like and it's like that you can't been, change their mind anymore. Yeah. You know, I've had I, when I was working in the jails, like some dude would call me a racist pig, Nazi, whatever. You know, I'd be like, "Hey, man, tell me why I am. Yeah, tell me why you got that badge on. You're no different than them. Like, who's them? Tell me." Yeah. And you break it down and, like, you try, try to, like, talk to them. And all of a sudden their whole thing breaks down. They're like, <laughs> oh, whoa, 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 you know. Uh, and it's like, shut up. You don't know what you're talking about. It, that's what it's, You're it repeating is. something that you it, heard that's all it from is, somebody. That's all the information that they got from yeah. somebody else. It's these, these are just kind of talking points. And yeah. they're just like, you know, you can hit on these things and just kind of regurgitate these little sound bites, but, you know, really they're not like they're based in nothing, you know. Yeah. Based and in rarely, nothing. and rarely did I ever change their mind. <laughs> so, <laughs> but there's like one guy that I had a conversation with, yeah. and, and so it's just. It'd be an uphill battle for sure, but at yeah. minimum, I think it would, uh, you know, even if you got a couple, you know, that, that'd be a, a good thing to, to do. Maybe that we'll do on, I don't know if Orange PD would allow it, you know, go out on a ride along just to kind of get like a behind the scenes on like what it's like in a day, you know. If you live in the city, you can, you can sign up for one. Yeah. And you can, um, I don't know if they allow you to film or whatever, but. Hey, this um, is public domain, okay? Yeah. I'll, pa- I I'll, can, I'll, I'll record whoever I want. You are in the public. <laughs> You are in the public. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, this is going to be kind of a hard transition into this, but it's something that we've kind of want to talk about because, uh, you know, in the topic of criminals and gangs and all that is uh, the big fentanyl-like crisis. We've all know of, like, some celebrity that's, like, you know, succumbed to a fentanyl overdose. They've had it laced with it. Uh, how big is that in gang community how big is it in just you know in in our community mm-hmm. um i mean you hear about it on kind of like a, a national scale but how it big is it on a on a local scale here in well they're saying fentanyl's in everything now yeah um started out they were cutting it into heroin and then because it is um it's a synthetic opiate so are it's, they is is 
fentanyl going in there for the addictive portion or addictive or the side of it? Or is it like, what is, why a, cut it Supposedly, you know, I'm not a scientist. Supposedly, it's like 100 times stronger than heroin. Oh, okay. So, so the high. And then is you're it, getting, is it's it, cheaper too. Is it being made in China and then kind of like through Mexico making its way up to... I think that's how it started. Okay. Um, it started... Um, it was being manufactured in China, just like most pharmaceutical stuff that we, everything that we take is made in China. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, and they were sending it to Mexico and then the cartels are pushing it up through, right? <clears throat> now there's, um, fentanyl, uh, uh, manufacturer labs, labs okay. down in Mexico. Yeah. Of course, I'm not a, I'm not a dope guy. I'm not like a, a narc. Um, so I don't know, like the fa- like a whole bunch of facts and statistics and yeah, like all, yeah. the, all these things about, uh, fentanyl, but it is, it, it's a lot of it's out there. It's dangerous. It's yeah. very potent. Um, well, but what do you think the benefit is like, it, like, let's just kind of take it as like a business. Mm-hmm. Let's just imagine, you know, fentanyl was just. A product like any other product that you can pick up at Ralph's or you know Albertsons. Why is fentanyl so popular right now? Aside from the fact that it's, you know, it, it's it's ten times more, a hundred times more potent, like what you're mm-hmm. saying. But if I'm a business like the c- cartel, putting this out there, if there's now like a fear of everybody doing this drug that could possibly be laced with fentanyl. Is that bad for business? Um, well. Yeah, um, I would guess. I don't. I don't know what their end all is. I would. It's, it's cheap. That it's that it's, it's cheap. cheap uh, what it was. What it was started for. Um, I believe was, it was. It's a cutting agent. So yeah. no. No drugs are pure. Yeah. Right. Um, American Gangster, the movie. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, they're bringing heroin over from Vietnam, mm-hmm. and their stuff was like. The purest, Pure, right? right? That's right. why they called it blue. Was it blue magic or something like that? I think so. Um, yeah. And because when they tested it, it would turn blue. Nothing else would turn that color because it was so pure. So pure. Meaning right. that there's not a bunch of cutting agents in it. So in most drugs, methamphetamine, in all, pretty much all street drugs that you're going to find out on the street, it's cut with something. Yeah. So methamphetamine is going to have a bunch of stuff cut into it. Um, when crack was big, yeah. right? The crack epidemic, there was very <laughs> small amounts of cocaine yeah. in this rock, right? Yeah. It was cut with baking soda, cut with, it, they call it s- stepping on it, right? Yeah. So if you're buying your uh, a kilo of something, right, mm-hmm. or a pound of something, you want to make a profit off of that, you're... You, you make it last as long you're gonna as make you it can, last man. as long as you can and when you have fiends dope addicts you can cut they're gonna put whatever in their body they're already putting shit yeah. into their body right so I you mean, can cut whatever you want into that if you have fentanyl that's why it i believe it started with heroin because mm-hmm. it mimics that effect Oh, you see. can you can cut it into heroin they're yeah. getting high yeah they're getting more high so they think oh this is good shit, oh, gotcha. right? Okay, so you can it's take cheaper, that so they can cut the like, cheaper stuff into yeah. the heroin. Like, that's a drug dealer's dream, right? So you can take this same thing, whatever you have, with a little bit of fentanyl that you cut inside of it. You could just 
expand whatever your uh, your what you have available to Could, sell. Yeah. So if we just like kind of, I mean, just kind of go with me on this analogy. But if you had like a gallon of milk that you mm-hmm. wanted to sell, and instead of taking that gallon and selling it, you just poured it out over other gallons of milk and, and just, just put some water. water into it. Yep. Same now thing. you make that one gallon into. And 10 if you're gallons. addicted to milk. Right? You're addicted to milk. And, and you, you just can, get that little taste of milk. You're like, yeah. well, it's better than no milk. Yeah. <laughs> so right? you can add that to all of these, uh, you know, these uh, gallons that have been stepped on. Mm-hmm. Add a little bit of fentanyl. Now you're going to have that effect that you would have mm-hmm. with the unstepped on. Yeah. And you just kind of just been able to, like, divide that up. But now, so, but now, it's, now. And it's now like crazy are, dangerous, though. Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's now. There's something in it that's like. Well, well, it's from, just super, super strong. Yeah. From what I've, it's what synthetic. I've heard, it's not. It's it's yeah. manufactured. It's not like heroin comes from the poppy plant, right? This the the so this stuff flower. has no it's regulation. It's completely no, thin, synthetic. Yeah. So uh, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, the fentanyl, where people get it, where it becomes deadly, is because it's so potent that if it's cut but not cut up or distributed, like out and there's like a little chunk of it that you ingest i mean that's where it becomes fatal is that kind of like right like if yeah i mean like so none of us have ever done heroin none of us have ever used i mean fentanyl like medical professional use fentanyl it's got a use but obviously not for you know but like like yeah Yeah, but like that's regulated all that stuff's regulated the fentanyl that's out on the street like it looks like chalk like it, it'll come in a brick. It looks like chalk. It's very hard if it's like crushed up to tell the difference between it and cocaine. Yeah. Um. Apparently, some people are putting fentanyl and cocaine. I don't know why you would do that. Yeah, but it kind like of seems like you'd be putting maybe a drug dealer in a pinch, and they're like, "I got all this Fetty, <laughs> but I gotta sell this blow. Like, I gotta make some money. I owe some people money. I don't know. Yeah, you know, there could yeah, be a lot I of reasons never, why they're doing yeah. it." They're, you know, they're not good people. They don't yeah. have great ethics, you know? Yeah. So it's like, you got to realize, you know. So, I mean, who's selling these, who's selling But the people drugs? are who's doing, people the... are doing smoking straight. I'm doing the motion. <laughs> they're smoking straight fentanyl now. Really? Yeah. They used to be in the heroin. Now they're not even using heroin. They're just smoking straight, straight the fentanyl. Like they're just, oh, wow. which is just like, that's crazy. But a lot of the the transient communities doing that, like, I guess the bigger question is, you know, you work in a gang unit, um, and you see a lot of like the the day to day kind of like gang activity. Like, our gangs are still around. It's still a thing. People are still like they're still monetizing gang activity, and how are they monetizing it? One hundred percent. So, gangs are still around. Street gang, criminal street gangs are still around. Um, they're still making money. They're still um, doing all the things that they started out doing. Yeah. Um, the only difference now is that, you know, just like society changes, they change with society. Um, yeah. you so know. How, how are they making a buck? Like, what are they? They So gangs in general, like, they'll be better at some things than others. Like, one gang, their thing may be, you know, burging cars, burging houses, um, selling guns. Another gang, their thing might be selling dope. They might be in sell, to selling methamphetamine. 
now a big thing is selling like the puff bars, you know, the marijuana, um, like the vape pens, the vape pens, the oh. marijuana vape pens, because they can, they can get them legally from certain, but it, because they put, they're readily available, right? Yeah. Um, but it's hard, like to get it from a smoke shop, you have to be 21. Yeah. Right. Yep. So these gangsters are, kids. yeah. Yeah, that's what they're doing. Yeah. And they use WhatsApp and they use yeah. all these different apps <clears throat> to do it. And it's like they're openly selling like drugs on the internet, like or on apps and the internet. And like I said, I'm not good at all this stuff, but yeah. they're, Offer they're up in Facebook yeah. marketplace. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. Like Offer one of the, up. one of the guys phones that we wrote a warrant for and we got into his phone. We're looking at all this stuff and it's just like, Hey, I got this, I got this. And it's just people commenting and like freaking, Hey, I, bring me this mount, this mount, you know? And it's like this kid's 15 years old and he's making shit ton of money for that age Yeah, yeah for yeah. selling these marijuana vape pens, yeah, you know, yeah. which are super strong, apparently. Yeah, so they're fi- like th- these. These games are finding ways to make money. Yeah, they're always. That's their main money. goal is to make money. So, <clears throat> broader picture, like I'll try to wrap, like sum it up without getting too far into the weeds. But basically, um, you have the Mexican mafia, right? They're they're the top. Yeah, they're the top tier. Like if you're how how many. Mexican mafia members, do you think there are? Oops. Members? I mean, we're talking if like high guess. level or just like, because there's Mexican a hierarchy, ma- right? Mexican mafia. 10,000. 10,000. Uh, I'm going to say 2,500. 2,500? Yeah. There's like, there's less than like 200. You're kidding. Or like, yeah, there's like two, yeah. So there is a hierarchy though. Mexican correct? mafia is at the top. Mexican mafia, okay. So and, and if what you, about like so, the mafia? So the Mexican mafia, they... When they came about, they um, they wanted to be like the Italian mob, right? Mm. They they tried to make it like them, emulate that, yeah, emulate yeah. that, right? Because they were successful, so they were like, "Oh, we want to be like them," right? Yeah. But <clears throat> it started in prison. Mexican mafia is a prison gang, right? Yeah. So, La M A Mexican mafia, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call them, they're at the top. There's like 200 of them, right? Um. And that's like, I don't know the exact numbers because I don't work for CDC. Those are the bosses, right? Like, remember in Goodfellas when, uh, well, they're like what's the, his name? The, the short guy? Callers. Yeah. What's the name? What's the guy's name in, in Goodfellas? The short dude? Joe that, Pesci. Joe Pesci. Yeah. When he's like, I'm going to go be a made guy. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then he yeah. ends up getting whacked. Yeah. That's what a Mexican mafia member is. They're made guys. Yeah. Okay. Okay. They're all gang members. They all came from a neighborhood, mm-hmm. whether it's from L.A., San Bernardino, Orange County, But they worked their way up. But they worked their way up. So there's the Mexican mafia. They're the shot callers. They're the main guys. Yeah. Those guys dictate what goes on below them, right? They dictate what goes on in the prisons, which dictates what these guys do out on the street. Mexican mafia, then you have Serenos. Sereno uh, is Southerner in mm-hmm. Spanish. So Serenos are like the soldiers for the Mexican Mafia, right? And then you have Southsiders. Southsiders, if you're a gang member, if you're a Hispanic gang member in Southern California, you are a Southsider. 
um, all the all the graffiti around here. Mm-hmm. When you see OVC, OCC, um, Pearl Street, VL, um, VML, VML. Mm-hmm. Um, they all have an X and a three, or a third, or a one and a three. Yeah. X is Roman numeral for ten, three, thirteen, right? So it'll either have an X and a three, one and a three. Making 13. 13th, 13th letter of the alphabet is an M. Mm-hmm. Paying homage to the Mexican Mafia. If you write, if you tag, if you claim that your gang has a 13 in the name, right? You are saying that you pay taxes to the Mexican Mafia. Okay? So every corner of these counties are accounted for. Right, LA is split up. Orange County is not really split up. It's kind of run by one guy, one Mexican mafia guy. San Diego split up. San Bernardino split one up. One dude runs Orange County. Yeah, it's it, yeah, it's kind of weird, but um, they that's their areas, their areas that they control. Their territory. Their territory. So they collect the taxes that come out of those areas. So the Serenio guys basically do the business for them, okay, because some of these guys get out, they go out, they say, hey, I got the keys to this area. Mm -hmm. So-and-so has blessed me with with this area. You pay taxes to me. They call it sending a third to the back. So you're supposed to cut off a third of whatever you make and send it send it to whoever you're supposed to send it to, right? And it's, that's how the money gets to them. Yeah. These guys are making a lot of money. Yeah. Like a lot. There's a book called The Black Hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's written by Enrique, uh, Bo- uh, Rene Boxer Enriquez, and he's a uh, dropout from the Mexican Mafia, and he tells everything. Like yeah. he was very influential in the Mexican Mafia, and he talks about everything. Um, very interesting if you're into that sort of stuff. Yeah. Good reading. And it's factual. It's yeah, good stuff. Yeah. yeah. He was on the inside. You know, yeah. Like day to day. So, um, and the whole premises around it is you, as a gang member, you know you're going to go into prison at, or jail at some point to have the protection of the Hispanics in there. Then you have to play by the rules right yeah, yeah. so if you are a gang member you know you're expected to do certain things and that's how they control it yeah right it's by numbers yeah and when i say hispanic gang members you don't have to be hispanic one of the guys that ran the mexican mafia one of like the main dudes for a long time was joe morgan mm-hmm. joe Pegleg morgan like he's a white dude yeah he wasn't Hispanic at all. Say he he grew up <laughs> grew up in a in in a Hispanic neighborhood, and that's how it was. Yeah. Like when I worked the jails, there's Hispanic guy. Obviously, a lot of Hispanic guys that yeah. that in jail and prison, you're separated by race. Yeah, we say, hey, do you run Hispanic Southside or Paisa? Like that's what we ask them when they come in. Because that dictates, like, where they go within yeah, yeah. the Hispanic community in the jail, you know? 
It's, it's wild. And, like, yeah, they I do mean, that to themselves. We have to ask those questions yeah, to keep them safe, self, you know? It's a self-selecting kind of group. Yeah. Every, like, they've created their ecosystem inside yeah. there. So I've seen, I've seen Asian dudes that say, hey, I run Hispanic. I'm like, you're Asian, dude. I'm like, uh, I'm, I'm Hispanic. Okay, go over there. White dudes. No, I run Hispanic. Okay, go over there. Yeah. When we say Hispanic gangs... It's because they use the Hispanic culture um, with within their subculture, if that makes okay. sense. Yeah. No, no, so, does. like, yeah. they'll, like, Pearl Street, they uh, they say Perla, right? That's how you say it in Spanish. So, they say Perla Street, or they'll put C-P-L, right? Calle Pearl. Mm. Calle Perla. Calle Street in Spanish. So, they'll just, they use... A lot of Hispanic culture within their own gang yeah, culture, yeah. and a lot of a lot of it is racist. Like it's what they used to try to get control in the prison system, um, you know, in the freaking late fifties, early sixties. Yeah. If you've seen American Me, like yeah. that's yeah. that's what it is. Yeah. Um, so that so the, all that stuff still exists one hundred percent. Is it? more watered down now yeah, depending on who you talk to yes yeah i think it is um so and i think like most of it is because of the cartel cartel yeah. and what's going on in mexico like they they own all these mexican mafia dudes like all these mexican mafia dudes are working for them really i think yeah I, I mean that's what i've like wow. like they're they're the little like they don't have any like Cartels are the ones with the dope. They're the ones with the money. They're the ones with that are, you know, running the drug trade. Yeah. They're, yeah, they're the working for them. Really, you know, the they're working from. for them. And yeah. all the cartel sees those guys as is just another way to make money. They don't, give a, yeah. they don't care about them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, uh, that's... As far as like Hispanic gangs, that's that's what that is. White gangs are pretty much they're all just, just white supremacists. Yeah, <laughs> that's just what it is. Yeah, they yeah. are. It's a great, um, it's a great summary. You know? Well, no, but what's the? I mean, what's the business model for for the white supremacists? Like, what's their? They like, are they are they, they target money? they target young white kids who are confused who are usually. Lower economic system. It's the same with all the gangs. But are they just they target like high, kids? Is for for them? Is it just ideology? Because I think no, that no. for for like white supremacy <clears throat> or white supremacists, it seems like it's more the ideology. Whereas with other like gangs, it's like activity. So what's what are the like what's the white supremacists doing? Like if, what's their business model and what are they how are they making money? They're still making money, just like all the other gangs. They yeah. just try. To their way of getting these kids to come into their stuff is through ideology, yeah. and it's 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 really it's really no different than any of the other gangs yeah. except they attach race to it. Yeah, that's so are they are they running dope? Are they trying? Yeah, hundred percent. And they work they work with Hispanic like the whites and the Hispanics in prison in jail. They run together, yeah. like they sell dope to each other. If if these white guys were that 
racist and, and <laughs> yeah. cared that much yeah. about that stuff, they wouldn't be working with these guys. Yeah. They wouldn't be selling dope to to black dudes out on the street. So right? Like, like it a, does, it wouldn't like yeah. they they wouldn't be working with them. It wouldn't make sense. So they're using ideology. They don't they don't care about that sh- that that stuff yeah. really. Yeah. They're using ideology to get these like workers in, and then ultimately it's the same kind of formula every, which everybody else has, which is sell this product, do X, Y, and Z to make some money. Now the Hispanics might get it like with pride and like uh, La Heme to get people like to buy into this like concept of gang activity or gang life and respect and all that other stuff. Whereas the white guys are bringing in guys like based on like you know, like white supremacy. So it's both, they're both recruiting, doing the same thing ultimately. Just it's just like own. a different, in their own, way, yeah, in their own way. Different and, way of recruiting. And don't get me wrong, like the, the Hispanic gangs are just as racist. They just don't have a swastika. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know, like yeah. Swazis are like, they're just so, you see one, you're like, oh shit. Yeah. You know, like they're it's you know what i mean yeah you see hispanic guys with brown pride tattooed on them and you're more likely go "Eh, whatever yeah you see a dude you see a white dude with white power (laughs) tattooed on him that you're like oh shit that guy's got some issues yeah right so they all play off the same thing but to your point like what you're saying is like everybody kind of has this moniker that they're putting up but in the end it's just about They'll, it's all about making money. They'll make, a, they'll make money. a compromise to that. It's all about in order making to make money. That money. It's all about making money, yeah. and that's that's really how it got so watered down. Like these guys care more about making money than anything else. Yeah. Anything else. The and that's why the they had they have all these rules. The Mexican mafia has all these rules, and they always break them. Yeah, <laughs> they always break them, right? Yeah. And they, but no one will hold them accountable. It's, it's, just, it's no different as us and our politicians. Yeah. That's all these guys are. They're, Man, they're corrupt they're, on every level. Even the, <laughs> even the criminals are corrupt. No. The criminals. And, it, and it's true because all they want to do is make money off of these guys. And, and I try to tell like, that's why I try to tell these, these younger kids that are gang members. I'm like, you, you really want to die for, for what it, it, it says on that, that street sign right there. You're willing to die for that. You're willing to die for those three letters on on your on your face or on your neck yeah. or whatever. Like you're willing to die for that. You're willing to put your life at risk or throw away your life, spend yeah. the rest of your life in prison for those three letters. Yeah. Because really they're they're not. They just have friends and usually these kids don't have a dad, don't have, you know, or don't have parents, yeah. um, don't have, you know, feel lonely or, you know, are, they're no different than the, I mean, they're, they might be a little bit different, but they're no different than the school shooter. Mm-hmm. They're really not. They're yeah. depressed. Yeah. They're, they, you know, they medicate with, with, with drugs. They're, they're the same kid, you know, they're, they're walking around with guns too. Yeah. They're willing to kill some other kid yeah. just because of what he's wearing a different color. He's from a different neighborhood. Like, how is that different? It's, yeah. it, I don't, I don't see a whole lot there. It's nihilism and that that's what it comes down to. Yeah. And that's what yeah. these guys at the top, that's what they prey on. They prey on that. What's <laughs> your, uh, you have a magic wand and you can fix all gang activity. You can fix all of this stuff. What's the thing? The one thing that you can do to change just to, to remedy that. 
just in a perfect world? Uh, I don't think you. I don't think you can. Um, well, yeah, you was, had said something. Uh, I mean, interesting. Come, something that I've kind of thought about a lot, which is, um, you know, there's no parents around. There's no dad around. Mm-hmm. How important? Or let me just back up instead of saying how important it is. How many of the people that you arrest or involved with people like that you interact with don't have dads what are like if you just took a statistic like out of i don't know i don't know the exact uh if i were to guess it, it's definitely a large percentage yeah um some of them have stepdads but they don't respect them yeah. um it's it's just parenting in general yeah. i have a two-year-old it's not like i'm like some you know experienced veteran yeah. parent but it's like you got to have interest in your kid. You got to, you know, a lot of these parents are working two jobs and yeah. it's societal. They're seeing things on on Instagram. They're hearing things in their music, on in their TV shows, and their movies. And yeah. they get inspired or they think like, oh, I want to do that. I can get into that, yeah. you know. And, <laughs> you know, if you don't have someone to set you straight or tell you like, no. That's not cool. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, you're not, you're, you're going to continue down that. And I don't know. Some, maybe some of the parents are just don't realize that, that how deep their kids are getting into stuff yeah. and, or they don't want to believe it. Well, how or they I themselves mean, are in deep and they can't. Yeah. Well, I mean, on like talking about parenting, like how has, I mean, you said you had a two-year-old, how has, you know, being a police officer and seeing a lot of these kids and because that's what they are, a lot of the people I'm sure you deal with their kids, how does that like affect your parenting or influence your parenting if it has at all? Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's totally different situations, you know, like I'm thinking more of like the city that I work in, right? Like Orange, but like LA, like you have four or five generations of the same gang member, yeah. you know, from the same Crip neighborhood, from the same blood neighborhood. Yeah. You know, like it's pretty wild to think about. Yeah. <clears throat> um, but, yeah, I mean, it it does to a certain degree. Like, I just... I mean, does it change you? Has it, like, influenced I'm trying to think, you? like... It, it definitely it leave an impression. Well, on I, I think I think I'm not naive to it, right? I think a lot of a lot of it comes from naive parents that are like, "Oh no, that's not that doesn't really like they're not really doing that. They're just they're little Johnny's just to ha- like he doesn't actually do that." It's like, no, your kid is jacked up. Yeah. He's getting into bad things. Yeah, this little graffiti pen, this little marker, mm-hmm. like just tagging his. You know what he was tagging? Well, no, I, I I didn't even know he did this. How do you not know he does this? Yeah. It's in every single folder of his freaking school workbook. Yeah. Like, how do you not know? Do you? How do you not go through his school stuff or like yeah. look at his what he's doing for homework? Like, it's in every single folder. He's so, tagged all over it. So have have you and your wife discussed? Be, because you guys have a young kid, like yeah. You know, yeah, and just to add on, like, your parenting, not style, but, like, what would you do if you ran into Yeah, I mean, I don't... A certain situation I, where your daughter's maybe getting into something. I think, like, I think it has to... I think it, honestly, it starts from, like, early, early, early on. Like, you have to distill in them, like, this stuff is not cool. Like, no matter what anybody says, yeah. whatever you see, like, yeah. it's not cool. This yeah. is the reality of it, Yeah. right? And then... 
you have to be smart about, you know, what school you're sending your, your kid to, too, yeah. which is unfortunate, but it's like, it's, it's true, man. It's like, if you got to know where you're living, you got to be aware of where you're living. Yeah. You, you know, if, if you don't, if you don't pick your head up from your phone or from your iPad or whatever, you know, I'm just using those Yeah. and look around and have some awareness about things around you. Yeah. Like, Oh, there's a lot of graffiti around here. Yeah. Like maybe that means something. <laughs> there's some gang You know, maybe here. that means something <laughs> yeah. or like, Hey, like what, what is with these kids that are always on this corner? Like every day they're yeah. standing in front of this one house and they're all like smoking and drinking every day. Like that's weird. Maybe I should tell my kid not to walk down that street, Yeah, you know, yeah. or maybe I should do something about it. Like maybe be involved. Yeah. yeah. Be involved. Yeah. Like you, like people have to like have some responsibility in like, the city that they live in. Yeah, their and community. Like their community yeah, that yeah. they live in. Like, you can't just expect everybody else to fix it. This episode is brought to you by Palm Market. Palm Market was established in 1925. Located on Palm Avenue near the Circle of Orange, the new owners, Tim and Moose, are now the owners of the oldest establishment in the city of Orange. Yeah, they've got some great sandwiches there. When I go, I usually get the Kubini, which has braised pork, Boar's head ham, mustard, pickles, Swiss cheese, all on a Tolera bread. This thing is lights out. Very nice. I usually go with the plaza. Add a little extra mayo, avocado, and bacon for me. But I did see Tim making a pulled pork sandwich that looked very good the yeah, other day. Yeah, some good stuff. And when I take my kids, we usually take some quarters, hit the gumball machine. If you get yourself an orange gumball, win yourself a free sandwich. Yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, but they don't just do sandwiches there. They've got a wide selection of beer and wine. Uh, and if you go, tell them that Ruin Field sent you, get yourself a 10% discount at anything at the deli. So visit Palm Market, uh, visit their website at palmmkt.com and check out all the sandwiches that they have there. <laughs> all right, so here's, uh, just give us a quick story of a dangerous situation that you were in and somehow you got out of it. Like, have you ever had to draw your gun? That's yeah. one question I know, police officers, because some have never had to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah had I to draw have. your gun. Uh -huh. Like, has there ever been a situation where, in the middle of it, you're like, "It's oh, just, man, it's funny." Like, I'm thinking I about not, it. I might and get out of I'm, this. <clears throat> I'm thinking about it, and I'm like, I could probably tell you like a lot of stories or like things that aren't coming to me. Yeah, that would be like most people would be like, "Man, that's pretty dangerous. Like, that's pretty crazy." <laughs> But like to me, it's like eh, it really wasn't that big of a deal. It's a, you know? it was a Tuesday, <laughs> so <laughs> so Tuesday I'm like trying lunch. to think. I'm trying to think of okay. Well, oh, so we had we had an active shooter on um, on Glacelle. It was like right next to the circle, right across from Phil's. Wait, what was this? Phil's? Yeah, Phil's, Phil's coffee? coffee from yeah. Filling Station across yeah. the street from Filling Station. Yeah, some yeah. crazy dude went out and like shot off his AK. Pretty crazy. It was like an Wait, hour. Wait, what after. was this? Um, 2021. Whoa. Yeah. I do not remember that. Yeah. 
But even then, it's like we showed up after, and he never came out. But like, it's still stressful. Yeah, you know? active. But like, what, what the crazy part was is we were at Phil's getting coffee like an hour before this dude went out and just, just capped off just like two or three rounds, and he was out front, and we we're just like, man, that's crazy. Just an hour before, we would have probably would have gotten there. to an officer-involved shooting. Yeah, okay, yeah. so let me try this question. So we were on scene there for like hours and hours and hours and hours, you know? Yeah. Okay, let me try this one then. What has been the most successful, uh, satisfying experience that you've had on duty? When have you you've done something, maybe you saved someone, maybe you stopped something from happening, whatever it may be, and where you left and you were like, Damn, like this is why, like this is why I do this. Yeah, yeah. I think, um, you know, anytime I've made, like I've I've made good arrests, like some big cases, like uh, been involved in big cases. I don't want to say I've I solved, like I'm, yeah. I'm not like a, a team thing, you know. Like piece of the puzzle. Yeah, I'm only piece of puzzle. So I, I I wouldn't bring up stuff like that. Like I would say when. <clears throat> There's times, like, you go to, uh, like, f- missing kid or something like that, and we oh, find wow. the kid. Yeah. Um, like, th- those things hit me more than, like, getting in some crazy, like, well, you're a, you're a dad, cra- crazy stuff. You're and, a dad. Uh, things, things that involve kids are way more, um, way more touching like they impact they impact yeah or or like when you when you help uh like uh someone who's been in like a lot of domestic violence stuff or just like getting the shit beat out of them and it's like hey i'm gonna help you i'm gonna do this i'm gonna do that yeah like stuff like that um you know kids that aren't being the kid that um on North Annie, like wasn't being taken care of properly, you know, yeah. get him out of that situation and yeah. just like stuff like that, like that stuff you feel good. It's like, Oh man, I actually, I actually did something that's like, I f- feel good about like, there's so many two bit gangsters that are going to yeah. show up with yeah. guns. Dope. It's yeah. like you, that stuff happens all yeah. the time, you know? I, and it, you try to help, you try to help those kids. And I, and truly like, that's why I wanted to be like, that was one of the things that attracted me to like gangs and stuff like that. It's like, man, why do you want to do this? Yeah. What's your mindset? Like, yeah, why do you want to be a part yeah. of something like this? It's the whole reason I started talking to gang members in jail. I'd like, Hey man, come here. And I'd shoot them like an extra lunch and a juice and yeah. like, or a burrito or whatever. And be like, Hey, what, what's going on, dude? Like what, yeah. what, yeah, like, what does this that. mean? What does this mean? Yeah. You know? And I, I tell them straight up like, Hey man, I'm new. I don't know anything can you tell me, like, can you talk to me about this stuff? And usually yeah. like, sure, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. and they just talk to you like, um, but yeah. Well, it just sounds like it's having change, actually making a difference in people's lives is cool. Yeah. Like that's, that's the kind of stuff. Like I can't pinpoint one, one story or one thing that has like really like stuck with me. Like, most of the things that stick with you are like the bad stuff, yeah, like yeah. fought, like man, I wish that we could have done something different there. Well, you it know? sounds like the common denominator in those things that you're talking about. You know, people that have uh, suffered like 
domestic violence, kids, things like that, even like gangs, people who are like, you know, young kids in gangs, it's like people who are vulnerable. It sounds like, you know, from what I'm like hearing, it's people who are uh, vulnerable and like kind of victims of this yeah. kind of thing. When you actually impact people's lives and you help them for the, like, that's why you do what we do. That's yeah. Right. That's why you join it in the yeah. first place. So, yeah. dude, I don't want any recognition for anything that I do. Yeah, I like I got some award one time for like for doing something that I was like, this is my job. Like, yeah. What am I getting yeah. an award for? Yeah, I don't care about any of that stuff. Yeah. I don't need little pins on my on my uniform or anything like that. No offense to anybody who does that, but yeah, it's, it's just it's like it, the driving it's, force. I yourself. I don't I don't. I, I don't, uh, and maybe that's a problem with me, but I just, I don't care about accolade, accolades. Yeah. I don't care about yeah. awards. Yeah. I don't care about any of that stuff. All At the end of the day, what I care about is helping people that need actual help, yeah. victims of, of things, and then um, what, and being there for my partners yeah. and what my partners think yeah. about me. Because, when I retire, no one's gonna remember me, except for, <laughs> except for the guys I worked with, and I just don't want to be like, man, Kyle sucks. <laughs> I hate working with that guy. I don't want him. You know, I yeah. I just don't want that. Yeah, that <laughs> you know. Uh, that's good. Now, well, this podcast will live on forever, that's so right. you'll have this memory. Right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, the last question, and this is uh, my brother-in-law's question, uh, Jason. Uh, thanks for this question. Uh, what's the weirdest thing you found in someone's pocket that you were arresting? Oh, man. <laughs> so many weird things. <laughs> I love that question. Um, last one. Last one right here. Love it. I found I found dildo. <laughs> no way. And not on a woman. <laughs> no way. Man. It was unfortunate. Luckily, I had gloves on. I was going to say, man, did you, yeah. <laughs> did you touch that thing, raw dog? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I man. It was in his pocket. A front pocket, too. A big one? Um, I mean, it fit in his pocket, so it wasn't that, <laughs> you know, it wasn't that big. But it was in there. Yeah. It was what like was his reaction when, vibrator you, when thing. you pulled it out? Just... Tweakers don't care. They have no, like, they're like, yeah, that's mine. <laughs> that's so. my, yeah, no that's my yeah. dildo. Yeah. That's going to go on my property, right? Okay. You know, I want that back. Yeah. Tweakers, I, I don't know. You. Yeah. I'm filming you. I'm yeah. filming you taking that. Yeah. Tweakers are weird, man. They got, they get into some weird, weird sexual stuff. And oh, they're They're God. not... Tweakers, they don't care. Like yeah. they have no, they have no shame. Yeah. Like they are so far down. Like this, they have been <laughs> embarrassed. They have been like, they don't care anymore. Their their family doesn't like. Like they don't care, right? Yeah. Like they to step up. Yeah. Yeah. The last thing they're worried about is some cop pulling out a dildo <laughs> from their pocket, and they're just like. Okay, whatever. Yeah, that's the uh, least know? embarrassing thing. They've they all have doing. stuff in their pockets, so they yeah. all have wild wow. stuff. All right, dildo, that's a dildo to, tops the list. If that's a way to end an episode, I don't know how it is. Yeah. All right, that was our episode. Thanks to Kyle Buckin uh, from the Orange Police Department. Uh, follow City of Orange PD on Instagram to follow uh, all of the Orange's police activity. Uh, there's a lot of updates on there. Um, I'll just give you all the, the lowdowns happening in the city of Orange. 
Uh, that's our episode. Uh, like and subscribe. And uh, yeah, we'll see you next time.